Hi everyone. For those who don't know me, I am Gareth, and like Nikki and Louise, I am also a first year ordinance. I am married to Mish, and we have three children, and we've been a part of St Paul's for the last 11 years. And I love hearing testimonies of how people's lives have been transformed as they encountered God. And one of my favourite testimonies recently is from the Alpha Course, from a guy called Shane Taylor. And Shane was one of the biggest criminals in our country, committed awful crimes and was imprisoned. In prison, he stabbed a guard and which led him to maximum security prison. And he continued to rebel and ended up in a close supervision centre where there is no physical contact and he was fed through a hatch. He had clearly reached the lowest point in his life. It was then that someone posted a leaflet about Jesus through his cell. And he ended up on an alpha course and he went along to mainly argue and cause disruption to the sessions. But one day the pastor said to him, I want to pray with you, but let me tell you first what Jesus has done for you. And he told him all about John 3.16, arguably the most famous verse in the Bible before praying for him. He then told Shane, I want you to pray. And Shane said, God, if you're real, come into my life because I hate who I am. And God transformed his life. And today we're looking at another story where Jesus transformed someone's life. In John 3, Nicodemus had an encounter with Jesus. Now, I'd like to call uh, this uh, council meeting. <clears throat> uh, have, we, have we got everyone? <clears throat> now, there was right. a Pharisee, uh, a man called Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. Now, he came to Jesus at night and said, uh, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, uh, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if, uh, if God were not with him. Well, Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Well, how can someone be born again if they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born? Jesus replied. Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher said Jesus. And you do not understand these things. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. 
I have spoken to you of earthly things and you did not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. All right, well, I think I've heard enough. Uh, you, you know, you have absolutely no authority here, Jesus. Right, enough of that. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. From the passage, we see Nicodemus was completely opposite to Shane. He was trying to live a life of perfection. He was part of a select group called the Pharisees and they prided themselves on learning the Old Testament and being able to recite it. They followed all the laws Moses had given the Israelites. And if that was not enough, they added extra laws to the list. And some of them were ridiculous. You know, they could not look in a mirror on the Sabbath in case they saw a gray hair and felt the urge to pull it out. Additionally, Nicodemus was also part of a select group of 71 people called the Sanhedrin, which was the Jewish ruling party. On top of this, Jesus referred to him as Israel's teacher. He was the person you went to when you wanted to know someone, something or if you needed clarification on a matter. In John chapter 2, as Louise spoke last week, Jesus disrupted the Passover, made some crazy claims about destroying the temple and rebuilding it in three days, and then he performed signs and miracles. And Nicodemus witnessed this, and it made him want to go and meet with Jesus. And Nicodemus came with complete respect for Jesus. Unlike some of his fellow Pharisees, referring to him as rabbi teacher, you know, he congratulated Jesus on all his achievements. You know, what you're doing is clearly impressive, he said. You know, God is using you. And maybe Nicodemus was hoping Jesus would have congratulated him on all his achievements or asked his advice on a few areas. Or maybe he was trying to persuade Jesus to join his team. But Jesus doesn't respond to anything he said, but tells him, Nicodemus, you need to listen to what I'm about to tell you. This is the truth. Nicodemus, if you want to enter and if you want to see the kingdom of God, you need to be born again. Everything you've done up to this point is not going to get you into heaven. All the laws you have followed, all the rules you have kept, the position you have worked your way towards, those acts will not get you into heaven. You need to be born again. You must be born of spirit and water. And here is Jesus using the Old Testament to teach Nicodemus. Nicodemus knew the Old Testament. He taught the Old Testament and people came to him for advice on the Old Testament. So when Jesus mentioned spirit and water, Nicodemus should have been reminded of Ezekiel 36, 
25 to 27. And these amazing verses tell us what it means to be born again, to be born of spirit and water. You know, I will pour pure water over you and scrub you clean. I'll give you a new heart, put a new spirit in you. I'll remove the stone heart from your body and replace it with a heart that is God-willed, not self-willed. I'll put my spirit in you and make it possible for you to do what I tell you and live by my commands. And he's saying to Nicodemus, being born from above is something that can only come from God. Only God can transform you and change you. And when he does, he'll cleanse you from all your sins. You know, he'll remove the rebellious heart, that heart that is full of hatred, anger, bitterness and jealousy. The heart that follows God out of obligation. And he'll give you a new tender heart that is obedient to God, which follows him willingly and a spirit full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness and self-control. Then Jesus shares with this man who has spent his whole life trying to reach God through his own actions, two of the most famous verses found in John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And Jesus is saying, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, then you need to look to the cross. By looking to Jesus and looking to the cross, all your sins will be forgiven. All your sins will be nailed to the cross. And the same promise that applied to Nicodemus applies to us today. And you might be like Shane, hate who you are for the things you have done or are doing. And sometimes there's a fear that God will leave us when we, you know, because we've committed the unforgivable sin. But we need to understand that God's mercy and God's forgiveness are greater than any sin. I love how Pope Francis describes it. He says that God never tires of forgiving us. It's us who get tired of asking for forgiveness. Or on the other hand, you may be like Nicodemus, trying to save yourself through your own performance, whether through work, relationships, good deeds. You may be thinking, if I'm successful or reach a specific goal, then it will all be sorted. And we need to realise we will never make it when we put our identity in our performance. It's only by looking to Jesus we will be saved. So going back to John 3.16, it's so important that you put your name in that scripture as you say it. You know, for God so loved the world, you need to realise that God loves you. That he gave his one and only son. You know, that he allowed his son Jesus to die on the cross for you. And that when you put your hope in him, when you look to him, when you believe in him, you will enter into eternal life with him. And then once we're saved, we're called to make Christ visible to those around us. At the end of the passage, it felt like John left us not knowing what decision Nicodemus made. But thankfully, John mentions him on two more occasions. Firstly, in John 7, when the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin were fed up with Jesus and they sent soldiers out to arrest him. The soldiers returned without him and said, we can't arrest Jesus. No one has ever spoken the way that this man does. And the Pharisees are furious and said, if we have not believed in him, then you should not believe in him either. And suddenly there's a voice during all the anger and hatred, and it's Nicodemus. 
a fellow Pharisee saying, I think you need to listen to what he has to say. And then secondly, in John 19, Nicodemus is joined by Joseph, also a member of the Jewish ruling party. And they went to Pilate, the man who sentenced Jesus to death, to ask for Jesus' body so they could prepare it for burial. When all his other followers and disciples have deserted Jesus, it was these two men who came forward. On both occasions, when Nicodemus stood to lose the most, he took the greatest risk and came out to be identified with Jesus. You know, there's a cost to following Jesus. And we live in a time when it's not popular to be a Christian. If we stand up for our Christian faith and the values, we can face horrible hostility. But it's so important that we stand. And you may not feel brave and you may even feel afraid. I definitely do at times. But it takes courage to stand up for Jesus, whether at school, college, work or home. And that courage will come to us when we trust in God. You know, we are called to make Christ visible by the way we live our lives. Why? Because we have the words of eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him.